Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 94.9 FM. Welcome to Techno Gaze, the show where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets, and technology. Beep we'll beep. <laughs> <laughs> beep beep. Is that the modem tune? It will be. Uh, we also save the world one bite at a time. I think I, we've had a bit of a, a, a promotion. Mm, I, I like that one. Does I that do mean like we're superheroes? What's that? Are we superheroes then? Oh. Saving the world one bite at a time? Yes, in a technological world. Mm. Mm. How are we? We're, um, <laughs> we are um, braving the heat. It's already 28 degrees outside right now. It's quite exciting. I know that because I'm looking right at it in front of me, which is very exciting as well. <laughs> well you're looking at the hot weather. <laughs> the joy clock is telling oh. me what the weather is. And it's reliable too. It's a cool feature, isn't it? Very cool feature. Yes. Joy Clock. We love you, Joy Clock. You have to be careful how you say that. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness, you too. <laughs> um, what are we doing? What are we? We're here to talk about technology. We're here to talk about Microsoft. They've got a new CEO this this week. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, the, at least the announcements have been made and plans are being put in to uh, to you know transition nicely to the new guy. So That's we'll right. Talk about that in a few moments. Uh, we're going to talk about vehicle to vehicle to vehicle to V as it's also known as. <laughs> that sounds too much like B to B. What's V to V? Vehicle to vehicle. Uh, so the US government are starting to talk about mandating V to V technology, which is pretty mm. exciting. Um, would you like to live forever? I guess. Well, but the- as as the Queen song goes, who wants to live forever? Ooh ooh. <laughs> Well, you can now, with thanks to software that will be made available. Or make it look that way. Yeah, it seems, well, it's, yes. I've I've seen a few TV shows that explore this concept. Yes. And it's coming to life. It never ends well. (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) No, I'm not going to add the last comment I was thinking about. Okay. (laughs) And then you die. Uh, Yes. And we have some uh, new listeners this week. Oh, Yes. And for the next few weeks, how cool is this? Sydney is tuned in. Sydney is tuning in. Sydney has joined us. That's right. So if you are from Sydney and you're listening to us on Star Observer Digital, uh, which is your sex, sexuality and gender diverse digital radio station, hello. And welcome. Welcome to Technogaze. And the voices that you can hear. Oh, yes. (laughs) Because we probably should introduce ourselves (laughs) to the new listeners. (laughs) Yes. My name is Mark. 
That was Michael. I'm Michael. Yes. And I'm Rena. We are your resident tech nerds on Joy 94.9 for, um, for, our, yeah, for the next week. hour. Mm. For another hour, yes. Mm. So what's news in tech? News in tech. What are we? What are we kicking off with? Well, um, we did actually get a, uh, a oh, question yes. from a listener. So Harriet, who is also a Joy volunteer, um, is uh, apparently having some issues getting some channels on her set top box, and particularly with SBS. And uh, do we have an answer for her? Yes, we do. Mm. Now, this is what happened, Harriet. If you are listening, and anyone else who might be having a bit of drama with their uh, with their TV, is that this week was retune week. So what it means is that now that we've all switched to digital television. Um, it means that some of the channels will have moved spots, so they yes. had to rearrange some of the where the channels go in the yeah. in the spectrum. It, yeah, because right. I, I think what they're trying to do is make the most of the spectrum that's that's available. And part yeah. of the transition was to, uh, to use some of the old spectrum and some of the new spectrum for digital channels, but they actually want to free up some of it. So that's right. If you, yeah, in short, if you just retune your your tuner. As yep. of yesterday, this is for, for Melbourne. For Melbourne, yeah. And in fact, if you're not in Melbourne, which I guess a lot of our listeners aren't, um, if you go to retune.digitalready.gov.au, mm. um, you can put in your postcode and it will tell you. It will tell you the schedule of the retuning. Exactly. Was there much publicity around it? There was. There was plenty of advertising. But of course, if you don't watch a lot of broadcast TV or if you're watching uh, maybe a different time zone. So if you're not watching the thing that requires <laughs> you to retune... You might have a bit of a surprise <laughs> when you turn it on in six weeks. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So retune um, is it's usually a, a, a pretty prominent feature of most set top boxes. Yep. There's usually something in your menu that says uh, "Go and get my channels." Mm. So Harriet, I hope that helps you. Mm. Now, um, what else has happened this week? Google have been um, flying the the GLBTIQ flag. Yes, us, all is, over the homepage. That's right. It looks brilliant, and I it just it. happens to have a whole bunch of Olympic sports on it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so this is interesting because um, trademark is often an issue with when the Olympics come around because they they very closely guard the use of the word Olympics mm-hmm. and, and the five Olympic colours, colours yeah. and 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 the rings. Um, so they've done a very good job, I guess, of of showing their support for GLBTIQ people. Mm-hmm. Um, Doing doing the whole rainbow thing, uh, depictions of certain winter sports, winter yep. Olympic sports. Um, and and a great quote from the Olympic Charter at the bottom of the page, mm. the practice of sport is a human right. Yes. Now, if you have been living under a bit of an Olympic rock, um, <laughs> yes. and the reason for that is obviously because in, in Russia where... Uh, there's, cu- there's, the, uh, there's quite a lot of... Uh, certain laws that uh, are being... Um, uh, have been enacted in Russia of um, causing us to to be um, oppressed. That's right. As, as a community, and we should do everything we can. And it's great to see that uh, a company as big as Google um, are very much on board with with that sort of thing. It's it's interesting as well because I think technology companies in general, like previously, they've 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 tended to to shy away from. Um, Getting political? Yeah. yeah. Making statements, yeah. But, you know, this one's one of those things that I guess, you know, it's either you're, you're part of the free world or you're part of a, a fascist oppression. state. Mm. 
And I think Google's been accused before of sometimes being um, too politically idealistic, perhaps at the cost of its shareholders, because after all, it is a public company. Mm. And, you know, they've done things before in terms of um, pulling out of China. Mm-hmm. Because they politically they weren't happy with the climate there, yeah. yeah, and and I guess it is a fair question that if um, you know is are their actions to the benefit of their shareholders or not? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But, but at least they've got at least the leadership they have got the guts to say this is what we think this is this is the way that you know we think we should portray ourselves and this is what we're going to do. Mm. 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 There's been a few uh, few other websites uh, like the Guardian as well that have put up logos, but it's uh, it's probably worthwhile noting as well that outside of the technology sphere, there's actually uh, quite a few statements being made mm. against it, which I think is really positive. So uh, the Secretary-General from the UN yep, and uh, President Obama has said that he is not going. Good on him. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think even NBC over in the US, um, even though they're covering the games, they've, they've changed their logo to make it rainbowy, mm. I believe. I, I, I heard that. I might be wrong about it. Um, but yeah, they've at least done something to, to be yeah. in support of the games. I'm not sure if they're actually a, a, an official broadcaster or not. Um, yes, so well done Google for that. Thank you very much. I think it's um, you know a lot of people around the world see Google every day, so it's a good thing that uh, that they're showing their support. What else is there for uh, the first for the first intro section? Yeah, <laughs> mobile phone costs ah, when yes. you roam. Yes, we all know how expensive they are, and the telcos in Australia, at least, have done, done something of of recent times to lower that and to introduce some sort of capping on uh, on roaming costs, mm. or letting you use your cap that you would use at home while you're overseas sees, and stuff as well, yeah. which is pretty good. But the Australian government doesn't think that it's enough. And uh, I'd they're say looking. That's fair. Yeah, well, I think so too. And they're looking to have a bit of an investigation. They're changing laws to give the ACCC power over roaming costs. Mm-hmm. And they're first looking at the Trans Tasman costs. Right. So Australian and New Zealand governments have gotten together and they're working on this together. Mm-hmm. They were doing this back in, I think, September last year was uh, when something sort of came up about it, right? Yeah, um, they were starting to, mm. to look at it. But I think now is when they're actually finally putting their big girl boots on and. Uh, <laughs> getting ready to actually hold an inquiry as opposed to just making noise. That's right. Mm. And oddly enough, the telcos haven't been particularly happy about the idea, have they? What? No. Funny about that. Um, and and it, Which is interesting because the response to it was that they've actually started to... Um, they've started to reduce the roaming costs. Well, this um, is probably an in anticipation of what was coming. Well, isn't it funny behaviour? So a company... Um, well, corporates in Australia, I think it happens quite often here anyway, where, you know, the, the government, all they need to do is threaten regulation and they start fixing the problem that is, is you know, that, that needs to be fixed. And then they all get up in their, their high holes about, oh, government regulation, blah, 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 we shouldn't, you know, it, it shouldn't be done. It's like, well... You either have one or the other. You, you know, what's wrong with the regulation if you're actually going to, um, you know, do the thing that needs to be done, i.e. Right. reduce the cost of roaming charges? Well, that's good. I mean, you know, you, you offer up a big stick and you wave it around and, you know, it's much, much like training a naughty puppy. You know, if you've got a squirt bottle, all you have to do after a while is shake the squirt bottle rather than spraying puppy in the face. Yes. And I was thinking about training children. You know, you pull out a wooden spoon <laughs> and they sometimes magically do what you want them to do. My goodness. No, but it is... Oh, look, the ACCC does do a good job for us um, consumers in all sorts of ways, so I'm, I'm glad that they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Mm. So it'll be good when the costs finally come down. You are listening to Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9 and in Sydney this week, or for the coming weeks actually, on Star Observer Digital. 
uh, your sex, sexuality and gender diverse digital radio station. Uh, we'll be back with more Tech Talk in a few moments. By the way, if you want to learn more about this Star Observer Digital thing, you can go to joy.org.au and there's a massive banner on the uh, on the homepage of the site there to uh, explain what we're actually doing. It sits in the lead up to Mardi Gras, of course, and uh, a whole bunch of other things that are going on in Sydney. And where is our website, Mark? joy.org.au. And if you're in Sydney, go to www.2ser.com mm-hmm. to go and see our friends up there. Interesting point. I just wanted to raise this because it's, you know, I like to nerd out on these things. Have you ever wondered why the numbers are like some radio stations have numbers at the start? All like, the but all the radio stations have numbers at the start. We just don't all say do. them. Yes. So two ser. Yes. That's um, being number two. It actually indicates that they're, it's from New South Wales. Yeah, the New South Wales mm. um, based. That's right. Radio station. Now we Joy. never we never say three J O Y, but no. that is what we have on a bunch of paperwork. As I learned uh, last week, we it was uh, or the week before it was APRA reporting week, yes. and I played about three hours worth of music, so I had to painstakingly fill out a form <laughs> with every song and the composer. Um, but that has to be written down as three J O Y as well. Yes, kind of cool. So three is a uh, is the indication of being a Victorian uh, radio right. station. So it's the first what number from the postcode. That's yes. right. There and were I, I know some people who are quite meticulous about that sort of thing. I actually do say to air. Three J O Y instead of just Joy. Right there, you go. Yes. You know, if you have a uh, an amateur radio license, you will usually get a number that relates to that as well. So it will be VK three something something something. Yes. Um, depending my on depending on the class of of broadcaster. Oh, that's flashbacks for my my father listening into the amateur radio right there. Three K Y. What was it? Three K V. Three K V. That was VK VK three. VK three. That's right. Yep. VK seven. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> breaker Breaker, yes. <laughs> that's not the... No, it's not. At all. That's, anyway. That's, that's truckies. Where, have you, where are you hanging out, Michael? <laughs> Back in the 1970s. Uh, Microsoft. Yes. <clears throat> they did they? A, Aren't they getting cute and cuddly lately? Yes. Or they're trying to. So they've got a new CEO... But they did get um, a bit cuddly with their uh, with their Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercial. That's right. So, mm. I mean, I think most people watch um, at least one Super Bowl commercial now because it's kind of the event, even if you don't care about sports ball. <laughs> Just watch the ads. I don't even know who was playing. It was... Some Lakers or something? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> would would, would I show my ignorance too much if I sort of ask? That was football, isn't it? <laughs> it's American football, that's right. American so it's, it's kind of like the grand final, I guess. Um, but the Microsoft Super Bowl commercial, how lovely. It was um, It was about, I think, a minute or so long. Mm. Um, just talking about different ways that, uh, that technology is important to us and kind of humanises it. So yes. Microsoft traditionally loves to, you know, do their advertising about, oh, I have a Surface. My Surface is so great. Yes. Oh, Windows 8 is fantastic. You know, yes. this one, you, you don't even see products and in fact a lot of the things that they're pointing out are not even Microsoft products <laughs> it's just about you know how wonderful technology is and, and what a which is yeah a, a very odd commercial if you ask me like there, there wasn't like there was a, I think I saw a connect in there and maybe the premise is that the software that was running on a lot of the PCs for that ad were it's, it's possible actually Windows but, but I guess basically. they want to start associating the name Microsoft with you know helping helping humanity and making life easier well. yeah that's yeah. right yeah. Mm. And that's a message probably that they're trying to push across. Interesting. Like I, I watched that and also the Apple ad not yes. long ago as well. 
the Apple 30th anniversary ad. So that runs for about 90 seconds. Mm. That's jam-packed with Macs and iPhones, yeah, iPads. Lots and of product placement. Filmed now. on an iPhone, which they are sure to tell you at the end as well. So they are actually sort of pushing the product thing. And you can kind of see why, because it's for their 30th anniversary of the Mac, mm. right? But um, but that was a similar sort of thing. Like, look at all these people making technology part of their everyday lives and creating beautiful things. And yes. I think this decade is really the, the decade of, of, you know... Brand association with... But humanising it. Yes. Um, particularly in the technology mm. space. Um, by the way, if you wish to contact us while we're in the studio, you can do so by texting us 0427-JOY949. Mm. Um, you can call us as well. one three hundred joy 949 is the number to call us on. That's um, uh, Australia-wide, I believe. It is. So if you're in Sydney, you can even call us. And Mushin yes. is on the front desk. He will take your call for us. Um we can also you can also email us on air at joy.org.au. That's right. Which is kind of exciting. And on Twitter. Oh yeah. Technogaze. The whole Twitter thing. T E C H N O G A Z E. <laughs> do you do that in your sleep? I probably can. <laughs> I mumble Technogaze Twitter handle. Mm. <laughs> now, veer to veer. Vehicle to vehicle. We're now talking about a Babylon 5 star. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yet a new TLA to learn. <laughs> v to V. Via vehicle technology. Um, the US government have decided to um, mandate it for all new automobiles. Now, on Tuesday, just gone, the, the press was all a Twitter. Who wrote this? Who does copy for this show, really? Uh, we all do. Um, <laughs> I won't confess to writing that. So the US government uh, will be make it mandatory for all new cars to have uh, this new technology, V2V technology, fitted. Yep. Um, now, things like... Uh, so it's talking about cars talking to each other, right? Um, like proximity uh, and yeah, in stuff ex- like that. Exchange of safety information. Mm-hmm. Blind spot warnings, um, do not pass warnings. Well, so this exists in, in cars today, right? So I think one of the examples that I saw on the on the article that we read up about it um, was the old, you know, flashing light, someone's in your blind spot in the mirror type thing. Yeah, and if the car can tell you that, then the car can tell every other car around you that as well. Mm, or yes. more importantly, maybe if, if you can do this, the yes. one behind you, watch out, you're in Michael's blind spot. And what will this bring? So this will bring not only the fact that every car will have to have it, yes, but it perhaps will also bring some sort of um, standard oh to, my goodness. to the technology as well. Well, there, there has to be a standard because mm. otherwise it's not going to work, isn't yes. it? Yes, mm. because you could just imagine, right, if every car company went on their own steam <laughs> to figure out how to do this stuff. Sorry, I only, only crash into Mazdas because my Holden only talks to other Holdens. <laughs> or drive. We sell more cars on the road, therefore we're safer because there are more cars around us of the same brand and therefore, you know, we're not going to hit each other. That sounds That's like right. a Microsoft car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or an Apple car, perhaps. I don't know. No, no, I think that was, according to Microsoft, was the IBM car or something. Oh, right. So the uh, so the legislation that is supposed to make that mandatory is supposed to be coming by the end of 2016, although I don't know how long it would take to actually find its way into cars and become mandatory and all that stuff. And that's the interesting thing, because talking about, yes, we're going to do this, but I haven't heard or read anywhere by saying you know, that said when this was going to be mandatory. Yep. Now, it's for only for new cars, I believe. It's mm-hmm. probably pretty hard to make it mandatory for old cars, surely. No, that's right. And but there's going to be old cars on the road for years and years and years and years. Mm. But this might be a good way for the, to, um, I guess, boost the auto industry. Well, mm. isn't it? And it's probably the first sort of really tangible step to um, automated um, 
um, vehicle control. So, you know, it doing it all itself. If the government are mandating this, and this is the US government where it's, you know, it's a pretty big market to uh, to mandate this sort of stuff too. It's huge and such a car-dependent uh, economy and society, exactly. well, society rather. But yeah. And it's not something new. The Department of Transport in the US have been doing research on this since 2002, so it's been going on for quite a while. Mm. It's only taken them 12 years to come up with this. I have been on some standard groups before to try to negotiate standard interfaces, yeah. and my God, I'd rather pull my own teeth out than <laughs> sit there in these meetings. It's like, oh, dearie me. Mm. So I think, you know, 11 years is not bad. <laughs> really, it's quite fast. <laughs> there were, I do love the um, URL for the Department of Transport's web address, <laughs> <laughs> because the Department of Transport is, sh- is shortened to DOT. Dot. Yeah. So it's www. Some, www. Dot, 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 gov. Nyah, nyah, nerd jokes. It's like that... Uh, other website, http slash uh, colon slash 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 dot dot org. Yes. yes, yeah. Slash dot. Which which slash do you mean? That's right. That's right. Forward uh, slash forward slash. Meanwhile, yeah. we saw something cool this yes. week. Yes, came across our desks mm. about traffic lights. Traffic lights. And I love this because you know somebody has taken a design from what the 1920s and said, let's look at ways to improve it. Because traffic lights haven't changed in almost 100 years. No. That's right. Probably for a good reason. But you and I are going to have a disagreement here, Michael, <laughs> because I don't think they need to change either. I'm very happy with the way green, red, light, uh, green, green, red and yellow work. Yeah. Now, this, is, um, this isn't necessarily a brand new thing, but it's what, what we're talking about is a concept traffic light that is in the shape of an hourglass. And how it works mm. is you have some you have a picture of an hourglass you have red sand going through it when you're supposed to be stopping you have yellow sand going through it when you're getting ready to go mm. not getting ready to well oh. also getting ready to stop yep. and you have green sand going through it when it is time for you to go through it so you can see from the sand going through the hourglass how long you have to maybe um, duck through that intersection or, or you know whatever which is interesting because the yellow sand goes twice. Mm. Ah, but hang on, hang on. There, there is a bit of a thought that says, why do we even need the yellow? Because apparently the, there's one reason why the yellow came about, because the original traffic lights had two colours, green and red. Mm-hmm. But in a cross-intersection, what used to happen is when one side went red, the other side went green at exactly Straight the same away. time. Yep. Because it was mechanical switching. So they introduced the amber to give it a bit of a delay. Yep. Now, with computers, you could have both directions going red for a second and then allow another one coming in to be green. Sure. So why do we need to propagate and keep on going with the old well, Isn't the yellow? point with the yellow that you know that it is about to turn red so ah, that you don't go, oh, I'm going to But then you've side. got the hourglass that gives you the same information. Sure, mm. but, you've got the, but with this hourglass concept, they've got the hourglass telling you um, you know, how long it might be. But if you only rely on the colour, mm-hmm. which a lot of fellows can't do in particular... Yes. So this is an issue, isn't it? The mm. design of this this traffic light is such that the same space is used for each coloured hourglass. It's not like there's a separate hourglass for the red hourglass and there's a separate another one for the, the, the green hourglass. It's all the same display, just changing colour. And that is one of the advantages of the traditional traffic lights is that positionally the green and the red are different, so you can tell apart from the physical side. And there yeah. is an actual very specific reason why that's that's good design in the sense of 
I guess I, I think of it in terms of accessibility, but it's people, particularly with colour blindness. Yeah. Um, some of them have trouble. Like Some guys don't, but a lot of people have trouble telling the difference between yellow and green and red. Mm. And see, if I, if I was writing the software, I'd address that maybe by having the red colour flashing the whole time. So if it's a flashing hourglass, you know it's stop. But oh. now we're used to that being, you know, an uncontrolled intersection that you should maybe worry about. True. Know? I'm faced by a bunch of Luddites. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? When mm. we have V to V, it won't matter. The cars will stop themselves. Yes, we'll have lights to V equal. L to lights. V? Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you've, got, if you've got traffic signals telling your car to stop, then maybe you don't need to have actual lights on the road at all. You can just have your car tell you. Yeah, that's mm. right. Mm. Well, future traffic lights. The future of tech. Uh, speaking of, uh, have you noticed how a lot of traffic lights in a, in Melbourne, particularly, and I'm sure in a, in um, in Sydney as well, um, they uh, have changed the actual globes themselves. They're no longer globes. They're not a single globe behind the each each light. They are individual LEDs that are driving the yeah, mm. um, which is great for climates where um, they don't rely on heat to get rid of snow off traffic <laughs> off the facing front of the traffic That's lights. Right. <laughs> Well, you, but, um, you need to build in little def- de- defrosters in your traffic lights then, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> to melt the snow that accumulates. Oh, think I of was, the energy. I was reading a pretty sweet article as well about LEDs in, uh, in Los Angeles and how all that atmospheric sort of groovy lighting effects that you get won't be as much of a thing anymore because they're all, you know, these perfectly balanced white LEDs. None of these, you know, lovely sort of yellow sodium atmospheric tungsten stuff and how it's going to be seen really soon as a, a bit of a... Nostalgia trip. It's mm. funny how we cling to um, unintentional byproducts of yes. technology, and suddenly when we lose it and go to what you know we would have voted for had we had the chance or the opportunity many years ago, mm. you know, it's our whole life changes. Yep. Now we've just had a message. We have had a message from Jaden who ha- makes a point that um, uh, the hourglass traffic light systems are already in place um, for pedestrian crossings. Uh, for uh, crossing, oh, crossing, yeah, crossing road, road, road lights in in KL. Yeah, uh, right. And I've seen countdowns before in other places as well. Bang- so yeah, Bangkok has countdowns. That's very place. handy too for pedestrians, isn't it? I think so. Um, I, I find that, you know, I, I know I can run across the road in five seconds. Yeah, but if you can't run, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. yeah. It's good to know. Then you drag her along with you. Mm. Mm. We got another text. Yes, um, and Warwick from Hobart. 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 Mm. Um, has, has made the point of, um, you know, <laughs> 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 he, he perhaps is a older gentleman. I'm going to put up my <laughs> hand and say, Warwick, don't worry, I remember that too. Yes. Yes, pointing out that all of the stations used to be identified pre-FM days by their numbers. Yes. Warwick, I remember that too, particularly in Hobart. I used to listen to 7HO. Mm-hmm. 7HT as well. And it's interesting, like, from a branding point of view, uh, stations like 3AW, they still, do still it. use it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's that two-letter, um, two-letter... Mm-hmm. Two letter. Well, even letter. down here, I think uh, you, you sometimes hear people saying three triple R still, but mm. Mm. yeah. Joy 94.9 in Melbourne. Joy.org.au for the world. Yes, we are for the world here. We are for Sydney as well. That's right. Which is part of the world, I guess. <laughs> Begrudgingly admitting. Ooh. Oh, no, no. Very we catty. Not allowed to do Melbourne Sydney rivalry. No, um, we're all pals here today. So um, it is Techno Gaze here on Joy 94.9. Mm. And for those of you in Sydney on Star Observer Digital, your sex, sexuality, and gender diverse digital radio station. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. 
Yeah. I love pop-up stations. Yeah, well, they, you can do this with digital radio, right? Yes, the, the and do spectrum, do it all the time. And Spectrum can be very easily reconfigured for mm-hmm. digital radio to just enable you to uh, add a new station at will. Um, I've, I, we once did an interview with a guy from the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia t- discussing uh, what... what Opens up for for us when when going digital. That's right. Uh, and one of those things is is the concept of say a stereo uh, station can actually make itself monotone. Yeah. Uh, mono monochrome. No. Monotone. 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 <laughs> monotone? No. Uh, mono signal. Right. Mono signal. Yeah. Yes. Not stereo. Not stereo. <laughs> In any event, yeah, they can they can sort of reconfigure some of that bandwidth and make a new channel available. Yes. Which is supposed to be part of the promise of digital TV as well, right? Mm. Except it's a real pity because I think a lot of the new channels that we see appearing for digital TV are, you know, um, things that sell, you know, the sham wow and yeah. you know, sticky buddy. And, <laughs> and the very odd thing is the, the most bandwidth in some cases is dedicated to the least interesting stations. Like you get like yeah. advertising stations... Uh, literally like HD everything oh, with crystal full clear. surround sound and the, the, the crappier ones are, you know, set to your, your actual standard channel. Which is a bit mm, it's a bit annoying. Mm, we had another message. Uh, we are talking about traffic lights just a few moments ago and uh, uh, an anonymous uh, texter messaged in um, back in the 60s and 70s. Apparently, we tried it here in, in Victoria with a clock face. Yes. So, this is a uh, this is divided into three bits and there was a nice little white hand and it used to point to the red segment mm. or the yellow segment or the green segment. Right. And you can actually see one if you are in Melbourne and if you go down Burke Street, you can see one sitting outside, I think it's the RACV building. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, which is interesting. I, I, I apparently, um, according to the anonymous texter, um, it, it led to uh, cars racing the uh, the yellow uh, light. Now, that's Australian right. drivers will never do that, surely. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's the thing, right? This is my concern: is changing the the way that uh, traffic lights work to an hourglass, for example, will change your thought process around it, and in the process, could perhaps lead to different behaviours, which could potentially mean. Um, in a worst case scenario, um, someone, you mm. know, people crashing more often. Yeah, perhaps. and I mean, I'm sure plenty of people did try to run the yellow um, on those signs, but how different is it today, really? I mean, mm. you do see a lot of people uh, trying to floor it. Yes. Anyway, it's a cool sign if you are in, in uh, Melbourne and a little bit of history for you. Mm. Now, um, shall we move on? The um, Rainer, would you like yes. to live forever? I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those one of those um, stories, right? Are we, are we as humans built to be able to live forever? Well, forgetting the the meat and, and bones that we exist within, <laughs> our um, fragile meat vessels, <laughs> meat and bones are okay. our are our personalities designed to live forever. So, um, whether you agree with it yes. or, or believe it or not, but you can go to eterni.me. E-T-E-R-N-I dot me. Um, and it's a project that aims to use all the data that is collected about you in your lifetime to then present a simulation of you that is good enough for your friends and relatives to talk to you. Did you did you hear that breathing <laughs> of, of, oh my God. Just to prove that I'm not really an android or a simulation, I'm just going to breathe down the, no, I'm not. I'm not yes. going to breathe down the microphone. No one wants to hear that. So it's being sold as a, uh, as a video chat for your friends and relatives Um to talk to you after you die. But I kind of, I don't know, like I'd kind of like it now so that my co-workers and stuff like that when they want to, you know, have a bit of a yarn about something or other can 
talk to me about that while I go out for coffee. <laughs> this sounds very much like something from a TV script or a movie script. A certain TV show that you guys keep telling me to watch. Yes. Why haven't you watched it yet? It's There's Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Is um, it which which discusses this or talks about? Talks has exactly well has exactly the same theme as the whole show. It it goes uh, so one of the episodes of Black Mirror actually talks um, specifically about a. Um, first of all, it's an email service where you can just uh, sign up to an email thing and you can chat to someone that acts like the person who has uh, passed away <laughs> after enabling... You have to actually give them access. To, and it, it even mentioned current-day social media, social networking sites in the in the um, TV show, which I thought was kind of cool, made it really relatable. In terms of gathering information to learn about you to understand what responses you would give in, in a certain situation. Yes, yeah. Yep. Um, so it would analyse that and then um, become a, a chatbot, I guess, of sorts, which would act a lot like... Um, uh, and, and it was interesting. It, it sort of talked about the way that it might entice you into it even further. So um, start off with chat, then a voice option became available yeah. where you could uh, talk to the, 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 the bot. A live interaction, with, yeah. With vo- vocals. So you would submit to it vocal like... Um, uh, certain recordings or whatever of the person that had, had passed away as well, mm. and um, and then it would actually progress one step further onto an Android-like um, mold of the person, which is a fully functioning <gasps> robot. Um, I hope I haven't given too much away about the show, but I think you've spilled the whole thing. It's like, well, a sort of, it's like a technology sort of Twilight Zone, isn't it, that show? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so the entire thing is, is you know, where will we be in 10, 20 years' time with the way things are going now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the value I find in, in, that, in that TV show is, is um, the, the ideas that it's sort of... Uh, That's right. Explores as opposed to the perhaps the storyline so much. And now these guys at at MIT, sorry not RMIT, um, MIT are totally doing it. Yes. Mm, yeah, saying. I don't know. I think I'm happy with the photo on the mantelpiece. Well, I mean, imitating art is that well, what? Well, think is? about it, right? Like that such an important part of grieving is getting to a point where you have said goodbye and you've come to terms and mm. done all those things, and to then have a situation where you never actually have to say goodbye mm. because you can talk to this simulation for as long as you want forever it mm. how does ah oh man how does that affect your your ability i mean i'm not much of a psychologist or anything your or ability to move on yeah how does yeah. that affect your your ability to actually process that in a healthy way and get over it or are we going to be able to process it in a healthy way but just differently to how we do it now it's a little bit like communicating with your ex every day isn't it just not getting over the mm. Mm. not being able to break the tie mm. Very deep stuff. Um, uh, Moving on now, the Olympics, of course, has been going on, um, and well done Google for their um, their uh, their promotion of GLBTIQ rights. Um, Now, NBC uh, have um, there's been a lot of Twitter activity around uh, journalists going to Sochi. And seeing all, si- all sorts of bizarre and, and strange things in their hotel rooms, which apparently are not finished. <laughs> exactly. There's like holes in... Holes um, in walls. Places. Floors yeah. that haven't been put in. Very clear instructions on how to use the toilet or and how, how not, not to, to use the toilet. <laughs> so in, in on the instructions on how not to use the toilet, you may not wee in it standing up, which I think is a bit rude. You may not vomit in it. Right. I don't know why... Oh, and you can't that use is. and you can't put toilet paper in. You can't in put toilet well. paper in it. You cannot put a cherry bomb in it or whatever that is. <laughs> maybe that's to, maybe that's toilet paper. I don't know. And uh, most importantly, you may not fish. 
<laughs> That's actually on a sign. How many people have been caught fishing in toilets in Russia, really? Well, obviously it's a problem for someone somewhere. Mm. Someone took the time to turn that into an informational <laughs> graphic. Now, from a technology point of view, um, there was an NBC reporter who actually has reported upon entering um, Russia that their laptop was immediately hacked. That is right. So he took a, a, a bit of a honey pot in there. So he took a laptop in there that um, was set up to specifically enable someone yep. to hack. Plugged it into the network and within minutes got himself a dodgy email and after that started sending, not obviously deliberately, some uh, shonky emails as well. Mm. Now we have to say he did open the email to read it. Oh, right. Sorry. So it wasn't like, you know, it happened magically. Mm. Obviously opened the email and it ran something. A journalist opens a a device or a piece of information that they might find, you know, relevant to their (laughs) their day-to-day job. Oh, my God. I thought it was interesting. Um, so he, he actually did that with um, with a security expert's help. So um, the the reporter's name is Richard Engel mm. and the security expert's name is Kyle Wilhoit. Um, and they, they actually set up a couple of things just specifically to be able to report on that. And um, it's a really, it's actually quite creepy. Mm. I mean, even in your hotel rooms, you know, as a, as a visitor or something, you could be getting... Uh, so it happened to his mobile phone too? It did. Yeah. Mm. Um, 24 hours it took. Yep. Two computers. Uh, were hacked. That's right. And now they can start recording his phone calls and doing all kinds of things, apparently. So that's um, actually a bit scary. I like this, though. The US Department of State has warned that no one should have any expectation of privacy, even in their hotel rooms. What? Is that from any Russian authority <laughs> or from the NSA? <laughs> just or, or, or is it just the fact that they haven't finished building any of the walls yet? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> probably the latter. Yeah. Yes. Probably a little from column A. Sorry, but our bugging equipment's not working, so therefore we're going to leave your walls half unbuilt. <laughs> just just wave kindly to the member of the secret police, just <laughs> just, just in the next room, could pretending. You, could, could you speak slower? We, our transcribers can't keep up with you. <laughs> That's right. Ah, oh, bless. Um, you're listening to Technogos here on Joy 94.9 and uh, Sydney uh, on Star Observer Digital. Your sex, sexuality, and gender diverse digital radio station. As many times as I say it, I still can't get the alliteration right. We'll have it down, I reckon. So it'll be six weeks for yes. for um, Star Observer, mm. won't it? So um, I reckon by the time we get to that six weeks, we'll have it down pat, and then the <laughs> pop-up station will be over. Sorry to hear it. Techno gears. Joy ninety four point nine. Techno gears here on Joy ninety four point nine and. In Sydney on Star Observer Digital. Beautiful. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm jealous. More... I, we, we get pop-up stations sometimes, but they're all things like Elf Radio for Christmas carols and things. <laughs> yes. I mean, we get to have joy all the time, so I suppose, you know, we're pretty lucky. Now, a few moments ago, we were talking about um, um, the idea of turning your personality mm. into a, a bot. scary chatbot. Yes, and um, yet another anonymous person has messaged in. We really need to... Okay, so if you're going to message in, you need to give us your name. At or a pseudonym. So we can, we, yeah, it can be any name whatsoever, as long as it's not it's fit for radio. <laughs> um, and we'll be able to identify who you are as well. Uh, and uh, so this person has uh, mentioned the movie Her. 
That's right. So that's out now, I believe. And it's mm. a movie about a fellow who falls in love with the operating system on his computer, which in the not-too-distant future is an artificial intelligence in the cloud as voiced by the lovely and talented Scarlett Johansson. It, obviously not Windows 8.1 then. <laughs> <laughs> is it called Surrey or something? It's not. No, I don't... Be- well, I've been trying to avoid spoilers. I'm sure right. it doesn't end well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that is out at the moment. So, um, Anonymous Texter, you have asked if we are going to watch it, and I think we were threatening to go and look at it later today, weren't yeah, we? We're, we're it is pretty hot. It's a great a day for the cinema. Techno guys outing yeah. into the real world for, for a change. Sc- school excursion. <laughs> See what sunlight looks like just for a brief couple of minutes. Oh, oh it hurts. <laughs> the day star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Now, um, what's next, Mark? Uh, what is next? Um, a computer genius has sold his soul. No, he's oh. sold his um, multi bajillion dollar computer. Yes. Um, company, company, rather. To Google. $150 million. Speaking of artificial intelligence. Cha ching. Yeah. So, um, this company um, called DeepMind. Um, mm-hmm. is an artificial intelligence company. And uh, the fellow who sold it is uh, Demis Hassabis. Uh-huh. I'm, po- I'm possibly not saying that correct. Oh, yes, Hassabis. He's um, a, apparently he's a chess uh, prodigy. Yeah, um, from way back, a little tiny chess genius, grown up all... Uh, he's, I mean, he's grown up now, he's mm. 37. Uh, but at the time, you know, um, child genius, etc. Mm-hmm. So Google has bought him out. <laughs> That's right, or bought, bought the company out. Mm. Um he actually co-wrote Theme Park. All right. Okay. It turns out, which is, I, I guess, not quite the same as Roller, to- Roller Coaster Tycoon, which is a bit of a joy favourite, I hear. But it's really? Yes. Co- it is. Now you know. <laughs> You've got to talk more to the games nerds. But um, <laughs> So he co-wrote that, um, you know, all the rest of it. But this company is um, more inclined towards um, artificial intelligence. Yes. I wonder what Google would want with that. Well, they've been doing a bit of that, haven't they? Buying up a few artificial intelligence companies they've and been robotics. To lots of robotics mm-hmm. companies, yeah. The yeah. biggest one, of course, was the um, uh, the recent Boston Dynamics. Are you thinking of the one with the big dog, scary robot? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yep, yep, yeah. Mm. Big dog is a pretty cool robot that looks kind of like a big dog. Well, if you look at the, you know, the Google driverless cars, it's part of this whole thing that they're obviously trying to get into. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And we've talked a few times about It's called Google X, their little R&D sort of secret <laughs> lab that everyone knows about. Um, and they're doing quite a lot of uh, deep learning research, apparently. They have indeed. Um, what else is there? Uh, oh, okay. So back to sort of serious stuff for a, a little bit. Um, Victorian emergency dispatch systems have been failing. Oh. Um, no less than six times in the in the last eight months. That's unfortunate. Um, this is on itnews.com.au. Um, hopefully none of us uh, have had to call the triple zero emergency line, but uh, this is a vital service that we assume is always available to us mm. um, in much the same way as the electricity and water services. In fact, you know, there's requirements for telcos to, to provide um, access to um, that emergency services number um, mm. in all circumstances, regardless of if I've got credit or not. Yes. Right. So, um, which is why once upon a time when your phone was disconnected, you'd hear nothing. And these days you still get a dial tone mm. and you can dial triple zero if you have a landline. Yes. Yep. Um, now the computer aided dispatch system that, uh, runs, um, Victoria's triple zero 
service has been um, has had six outages, no less than six outages in the last eight months, and one actually lasted as long as three hours, which is a very long time for a service like that. Yes, um, and so the there's an emergency services telecommunications authority. Wow, yeah, I didn't or Esther. Esther, didn't That's even right. know that exists. Um, uh, they've received fourteen million dollars since. 20, uh, 2011 to upgrade the system to a later release, uh, and it's meant that uh, meant to add more resiliency to the uh, to the system. That's right. Um, yeah, they've done a bit of an investigation into what's happened, hmm. and they've looked at three, and two of them, two of the outages would have been solved had they upgraded the system. Yeah, because <laughs> they're a little bit behind schedule. And they are due, quite a bit behind yeah, schedule. Yeah, they're about eight months behind, and they're going to meant to launch the new version in June of this year. Right. It's always the way with these kind of systems, though. You're you're sort of risk-adverse as to whether you upgrade versus whether you... um, uh, to get the latest version versus what might happen if you do that. And there's also the period of time that after you do upgrade, a bit of instability because, you know, as much as you can test and plan, something will always go wrong. Mm. Especially when it goes absolutely live. Now, they're lucky that these outages didn't happen during a peak period, you know, like New Year's Eve or Melbourne Cup Day. There would have to be some sort of fallback system, right? Uh, There are manual manual processes that they use, but obviously it takes much longer to dispatch an ambulance when you're following manual processes than when you're using the computerised system. Yeah. Sigh. Yes. If only we'd have, I don't know, if only computers, I don't know. How can we solve this problem? There's no real way of solving it. worked. Oh, <laughs> well, if you listen to the software companies, move it to the cloud. We'll do it for you. Oh, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> yes. Moving on. Moving on. Um, now, oh, while we're on, on local news, um, a company called Atlassian. Atlassian. Right. Atlassian. Atlassian. Um, they're a particularly um, prominent Australian company, aren't they? Very well known. So mm. they have a number of really great products, but the, probably the one that most people in the industry would mm. know is called Jira, and that's a problem and bug tracking um, system and issue tracker, and, and you know, basically is a really good tool if you have a big team and you want to keep track of all the things that you're doing. Mm. Now, they're based in Sydney. Right. But not for long. Yes. So well, not, the, not legally anymore. The news is that they've actually moved their operations or their at least their their paper um, address. Well, to their cor- yeah, their corporate setup. The corporate setup is moving is to moving to where the else? UK. Mm. Wow. Mm. And they've cited uh, reasons of um, regulation over, um, particularly unfavourable regulation over um, the types of company that they they are, uh, sort of a startup type right. company. I believe. Yeah, and, and startups typically want to reward employees to come on board with, you know, little pay and little job security with share options. Mm. And the Australian taxation structure doesn't really lend itself to um, do that in well, a favourable way for employees. Yes. Yeah, well, no. Look, Australia, I mean, we, we work really hard to make sure that our labour laws and everything are, are done right so that we don't have people working in startups for 70 or 80 hour weeks <laughs> for 25K. Yeah. That's what you get in the US. Yeah, but the I guess the flip side of that is you know sometimes they want to offer the best people the uh, the option to buy into the company and and apparently that's uh, you know the the tax laws around those 
possibilities. As in offering them employee shares. Yeah, yeah. As an example. I mean, and it's obviously possible. It's not like they're, they're, it's it's not possible to offer that sort of setup, but... But apparently it is if they're going to keep their developers and sales and support staff in Australia, which is mm. exactly what they're doing. So it's really a regulatory sort of move where they can, you know, pay tax, but not to Australia, but keep operating in Australia. Isn't it interesting how they can actually do that? I think like, it is. It, it, they've obviously spent a lot of time sitting down with lawyers figuring out how to make that work. Mm. Well, where's Google headquartered? In, uh, I think in it's Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting. <laughs> Sorry, not headquartered, incorporated is the better word. I think is yes. a more accurate word to use. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of patriotism that went around uh, the US um, on that, you know, especially when uh, the global financial crisis occurred, how a lot of companies in the US, tech companies, uh, are not doing stuff in the US. Like they might be based in the US in terms of their branding, but they're, um, they're uh, a lot of their salaries and so forth go to go to other countries um so you know it happens here in australia too with the likes of um atlassian this is uh techno here on joy 94.9 also with you in sydney on star observer digital your sex sexuality and gender diverse digital radio station uh for more information about star observer digital uh click on the banners at joy.org.au uh, we're just about at the end of the uh, show. We're uh, running out of time here, but we'll come up, uh, come back with a wrap-up of the show in a few moments. Technologies. Finally, I just wanted to... So, have you um, have you got any kids in proximity to you, as in uh, relationship-wise or uh, friends-wise? You might consider this really, really cool new um, uh, train set that you can buy. It's gorgeous. It is one of the most um, interesting convergences of two technologies. So it's it's music and it's, um, it's, uh, it's a train a, it's set. It's a wooden train. I want to buy one for myself. Who doesn't? I know, right? I want to buy one for myself. So it's a wooden train and it's got a track and you move little points up and down on the track to, um, to make different sounds. So mm. it's more like, you know, those little music boxes that you sort of wind and they go plinky, plink, plink. Mm. With those little metal things, so yes. it's kind of like that. Yes. But it's built into the track, and mm. then you move the uh, move the little points into place. Yes. And then you run the train around the track, and it plays the tune. That is awesome. It's gorgeous, and I'm sure it wouldn't bother anyone's uh, any small children's parents when it's being you know scrubbed up and down the track for hours on end. But I could imagine though you could you could have different phrases or different sections of track that's set up in a certain way, and you could even teach your kid to you know put different sections together to make it play different things at different. You times. could be raising the next Neil Finn. We're certainly going to encourage... Or Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> you wow, are two sides no. of the spectrum now. <laughs> you had to mention Neil Finn, didn't you? I did, I did. I'm so excited. Neil Finn, he's just come out with a new album. We love Nolfin. him. Two, two of us in the studio love him. And Michael's sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I forced him to, to listen this morning on the, on the way in. I quite like the track, actually. It was lovely, it's wasn't it? Great. I'm happy to hear it once every three or four months. It's fine. <laughs> Good thing I only drive you once every three or four months, right? Yes. Hmm. Um, that's all we've got time for in the show today. We hope you enjoyed the um, the talk about tech. I think yeah. we certainly did. Indeed. If you want to uh, peruse previous episodes or maybe if you didn't hear the entire show today, you can uh, get onto joy.org.au slash technogaze and we have our entire podcast feed that's right. for you too. And all our other shows too, especially for you guys in Sydney who don't get to hear us all the time. Mm. And uh, you had a little bit of a taste of that sweet joy action. Yes, joy. Uh, we podcast so much content here now um 
Thank you, Raina, for coming in today. Thank you. It's been excellent um, having you on again. And, of course, Michael, thank you for pushing buttons and doing everything that you do so well. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everyone. And uh, coming up next, of course, is a Joy News Bulletin with Shannon and uh, Cravings straight after that with Pete Dillon. Mm-mm. We'll um, catch you next week. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.